welcome again to the Just Shiatsu Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Justin Slinsky. Today I wanted to go over Zen Shiatsu and look at some of Masunaga's writings on what he was trying to do with the art. There was only two books written by Masunaga that were translated into English. So there is a limited amount of writings on what he was really trying to do with his art. But I wanted to explore you know, what he had said in some of these writings, because there's some interesting ideas written in his books that I, I find very intriguing. And then I wanted to just describe the style of shiatsu that I was trained in, which is Zen shiatsu. There are other styles of shiatsu out there, and I can't speak to those ones as clearly as I can to, as to the Zen shiatsu perspective. One of the first things that Masanaga usually, or that seems to write about in his books, is this idea of modern medicine versus the traditional approach of the, the Chinese method. Well, let's start with a, a quote from one of his books uh, about this, this idea. Right? The quote is, living things always exist as a whole and make up a complete unit rather than being an assembly of parts. And then he usually goes on to compare how Western medicine looks at most things. And Western medicine requires everything to be broken down into pieces and be analyzed so that they can develop a deeper understanding. And this has caused great strides in medicine, for sure. And it gives a, a good idea of, you know, cause and effect in the body and, and ways to go about treating that. But the other drawback to this method is you can only use it on the part that you're analyzing. And this often works in, in modern medicine, but when it doesn't work, Masunaga's take on that is you haven't taken in the whole person. You've only looked at the piece. And part of the healing process is understanding the whole and the interaction of everything. And of course, this speaks to my idea of Shen and how you know they're organizing everything. And this is you know my idea of what the whole is, but it's not expressed in his writing. Also, this breaking down of of the human experience into pieces is what has created the division of mind and body. And I think this can be a big block to healing sometimes because if we view the mind and body as separate, you cannot heal the mind through the body and you can't heal the body with the mind. But from my experience in my own life, as well as you know, written experiences from others, is that these are the same. Mind and body are not separate. You can't take my mind and if you want to place that in the brain, if you remove my brain from my body, I don't exist as that brain. It takes the whole of everything to be a living thing. So in that regards, mind and body are not separate entities. They are the same thing. They are one whole. And a problem in one part, either from a specific part like organs or muscles or from the mind or the body, is a problem everywhere. And rarely will you experience any sort of psychological issues without some form of manifestation in the body. There's definitely a feeling in the body, and we have talked about this idea in the the podcast on emotions, specifically talked a lot about how movement inside the body is directed with the mind. Another aspect that sets Zen Shiatsu apart from most other modalities, especially of, of Chinese medicine, is Masunaga developed a 12-channel system and now, in traditional Chinese medicine, there are 12 channels, but those channels get divided into six channels as they connect from the 
they call them leg and arm channels, right? They will connect into one channel. So you get six channels that can be separated into 12 channels. So that leaves six channels in each leg and six channels in each arm. Well, Masanaga developed a channel system of 12 channels that run throughout the whole body. So you have 12 channels in each leg and 12 channels in each arm. And from what I can derive from the little bit of writings or things I've heard people talk about is the origin of these channels are a little mysterious and unknown. In his writing, he says he has experienced them through his work. And as he used them, he got better results. I don't know if this means that he discovered them on his own through his own intuitive perceptions or if they were received from another place. I did work with a teacher who was a direct student of Masunaga. And she says that he once had commented that he had acquired them in an ancient text that no longer exists. Whether that's true or not, I'll never know. But it's just an idea. So he either developed them himself through his own intuitive experience, being very gifted in feeling energetics move throughout the body, or he found a mapping in an ancient text and moved along with those to see what, what experiences he would have during the work. And Masanaga also was very, from my understanding, wanting to add some legitimacy to some of the Chinese medicine aspects. So he would often relate Chinese medicine stuff to modern terminology, which is very helpful if you want to talk with, you know, modern, modern day physicians, you know, you can have a point of reference for them to understand the work a little more. And for him, when he would describe the movement in the channels, he, he said it was a magnetic energy. So we got the electromagnetic fields, which we, most of them can be measured. You know, the heart actually has a magnetic field that can be measured, but he's, in his work, he's claiming that it's this magnetic field that's moving through the channels. And when you think of electromagnetic fields, another way to say that is it's the light that radiates from the body or the light that moves in the body. And then we could get into this idea of biophotons. And there's lots of science out there that can kind of legitimize some of these, these ideas. And he used them to, to make sense of some of the ancient writings. And the other thing about Masunaga's system is that within these 12 meridians on each leg and arm, he also developed a position that the limb can be put in that would specifically allow that channel to be more easily perceived, putting it in a, 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 a more stretched position and more of an accessible position for the practitioner to, to access and get a better feel for what's really happening within the meridian. Another aspect of the medicine that Masunaga also developed was this idea of hara diagnosis. So from what I understand, hara diagnosis was something that was used previously, but it seems Masunaga was the one who developed these specific locations within the, the hara or the abdomen that, that equate to the energetic movements throughout the whole body. And that always brings about the question of, you know, why change it to a hara diagnosis and move away from the pulse diagnosis of the traditional medicine? And I think a lot of it has to do with Japanese culture, right? Japanese culture is a lot more of a hara culture, so they place a lot more emphasis on the idea of hara. In Japanese culture, hara can 
be a way to talk about a person's identity or, or spirit. Um, you know, somebody with a good hara would be a good person. Somebody with a bad hara would be a bad person. So even though hara is a physical location on the body, it actually holds a lot more context within that culture to be more than just a physical location. The hara is the center of gravity, so that's where our center of self is located as well. And it it is considered a source of all ki. You know, you could even look at it from a perspective of this idea of ming men that sits between the kidneys in the lower half of the body. This is where the essential energy of the body is stored and then moved around. So all energetic movements move through the hara is also the center. So anything moving up or down, left or right, would move through the center. So again, hara would be the center of everything. Thus, you would be able to get a pure diagnosis of all the energetic movements in the body from the center. This brings to mind a lot of my own martial arts experience and where I have you know, spent you know, at least a decade or so practicing martial arts and trying to work from the hara. And there are you know, some truth to really residing and being inside the hara. It's where you can develop the most efficient power. And another aspect of his work, again, is, is focusing on the hara from the giver, right? As a, as a practitioner who's, who's doing the work, the idea is also to work from the hara. Uh, this will help get rid of extra tension in the body. If you're always working from your center of mass and not over, over flexing the muscles, this will, would provide what he calls the proper tonus to all the muscles in the body. So in the same way, you would lean against the wall and not you know, flex all your muscles very hard. You don't really think about it. You just settle into your center of mass and lean against the wall and your arm automatically knows the proper tension needed without thought. And again, this is the same concept in his work as well as to move from your, your hara while performing the shiatsu treatment because this too would also stop you from excessively using force in your own movements and this would be more comforting for the receiver as well. So then we move on to the question, if we're changing the diagnosis, well, what's being diagnosed? And in his work, he is diagnosing just an imbalance of ki. And this imbalance he called the kyo and jitsu. In my understanding and thoughts on kyo and jitsu, is they're pretty much the same as a yin aspect and a yang aspect. But they're not called yin and yang aspects because Kyo can exist in either yin or yang, as jitsu can exist in either yin or yang. So I think it gets less confusing to say you're finding the yin aspect and the yang aspect when there are clearly defined yin and yang aspects of the body in the medicine already. So we, we come up with a new name to diagnose these, these aspects of movement that, that he observed in the body. And when we're diagnosing, we're not diagnosing for disease in shiatsu. We're actually diagnosing to restore normal function to the body. So we're just trying to get the body to go back to working the correct way. And we're not treating the symptoms. By working on getting the body to move back into a healthier function, the symptom itself will be treated. And this also lends itself to 
having more freedom to work with different things that are going on in the body. As in the, the Western model where you need a diagnosis to understand what you are going to work with. A diagnosis isn't needed in shiatsu. There's always a healthier movement that can be restored to the body. And in his books, he referred to these people who are having these difficulties, but Western medicine can't treat them as, in quotes, half healthy people because they have no measurable thing that Western medicine can put its finger on to treat, but they clearly are not feeling well. And this is where the idea of these energetic movements we've been talking about through all these podcasts really brings to life being able to treat someone in these states. What we are diagnosing is the phenomenon you are experiencing in your body rather than looking for a named disease so that we can quantify what's going on and then work with it from there. We're just restoring health and that can be done no matter what we call what's happening inside the body. Another interesting thing about this Hara diagnosis is that we are always reacting to the world around us. So the diagnosis kind of reflects the way we're interacting with the world in that moment at the time of treatment. And for this reason, he often referred to his diagnosis as life diagnosis and not, not a disease diagnosis. Our bodies are always trying to balance back to health. And when we're diagnosing in the haras, we're diagnosing the movements that are lacking and the movements that are excessive. And we're just taking that information in and we're trying to balance them. And it is not uncommon for two practitioners to get two different diagnoses. And this always has brought a question into my mind. You know, why? Is it because one of us is wrong and the other one is right? Maybe, but I don't know that for sure. But there is another way to look at it. If we're diagnosing the movements in your body that need, need to be adjusted so that you can restore health to the body, and I as a living person also have some imbalances in me because I am not by any means the perfect person as I doubt anyone would really claim to be. So my vibrational level on my body is also different than say someone else who might try to give you a treatment. And then the idea here is that the, in, the body's intelligence knows how my energetic movements can best help your energetic movements. And when these two, two entities combine to become one to work together, we start to get an idea of what meridians exactly can be worked on with the energetics I'm providing to rebalance the body to correct health. So now I think it's time to, to look at what, he was trying to get at with these ideas of kyo and jitsu. When we talk of jitsu, we're talking about a distortion from too much ki or an overactive life function. The jitsu, unlike the kyo, is easy to understand. It has a clear relation to the issue that's going on. It's always easy to find, and it's usually what's drawing our attention. But it is what's on the surface. And when you're feeling this aspect of jitsu, it, it typically feels hard and elastic. It has a sense of resistance to it. It feels excessive. You know, it can often be protruding from the body in, in a way. And when I'm thinking of this, this relationship of jitsu and kyo, jitsu is the branches or the leaves, the aspects that we can see and make clear sense of. And to treat a jitsu area, it just requires stimulation. 
to normalize. So the steady rhythmic compression along the channel is usually all that's needed to, to rectify this jiu-jitsu situation. So now we get to the other aspect. What is kyo? Kyo is a distortion from lack of ki. It is the kyo that is giving rise to the jitsu. It is the root of the issue. So the jitsu is the branches of the tree. The kyo is the root, the hidden aspect of the real issue. It is an emptiness. It's a lack of, a depletion of energy. A kyo tends to feel flabby, even in the maximum stretch. It is weak, and often there can be a stiffness found deeper in the channel, but this stiffness is different than the jitsu stiffness, right? It lacks the motion and push that jitsu might have, and it tends to be a lot more silent and motionless. For this reason, Masunaga says, the true kyo can be hard to find. The only way you know it's kyo is because it's not fully there. And then the, how do we know if we found this true kyo? In Masunaga's style, the jitsu always reacts to the kyo. They are a cause and effect. So when these two are touched on the body, they tend to equalize each other out. So the, the typical way to go about understanding this is we, we touch the jitsu area because that's easy to find and easy to feel. And then we touch the kyo and the jitsu reacts. The jitsu, the jitsu actually relaxes in response to the kyo. This is how we know we have the true cause of the, the, the pain that we're feeling and, and then the dysfunction we're seeing. The difference between treating the kyo aspect and the jitsu aspect, though, is the, the kyo requires patience, you know, a lot more holding, a lot more steadiness. And in, in his writings, he says it takes, it takes time to bring warmth back to the channel or area. So we sit there for a long time. He often, uh, I think the quote in the book is, it's like waiting for a lover to come home. And it's holding with this proper aspect of touch that normalizes the kyo. In general, Masunaga said shiatsu is beneficial regardless of if you get the diagnosis right or not. Right, You're always going to be balancing out the system by pressing on the channels. And you know, part of what makes me a professional or someone else a professional is we can more correctly you know, find these, these kyo and jitsu areas. But even if an unskilled practitioner was to just do shiatsu, Masunaga, Masunaga says that there's really not much harm that can be done. It's only restoring health to the body. Now, it does seem like there's one contradiction to this in his writing. And he clearly says to take caution not to overstimulate the true kyo. And he says this, this can cause the deficient area to burn the few resources that are still there and make the condition worse. And in the next episode, I plan to talk about healing responses and how they do sometimes tend to get worse. But this, this kyo overstimulation is not that type of worse. This is actually just creating a bad scenario for the, the, the patient or client. And when I think about what he's trying to get at here is this idea of the burning fires we talked about earlier, right? If, we, if there's barely any fuel there, and then we tend to overstimulate that area, right? That's the same as making the fire burn faster and hotter. You're going to actually burn out the little bit of resources that are there, which is then going to exacerbate the situation because now it has no fuel at all to provide the function it needs. And to me, this is what he's getting at when he's talking about not overstimulating the kyo, right? If we hold it steady and slow and let things slowly build and resign. We're actually building fuel 
for the fire to burn from instead of burning the fire too fast that we run out of resources. So the idea when, we, when we're working with this, this kyojitsu resonant pair is we're moving the ki towards the kyo. So by working with the jitsu, we get those pathways a little more open, a little more freeing, which then allows that key that's it's being used there to then return back to the kyo aspect, which would balance out the unhealthy movements that are happening in the body. So one other aspect I want to bring into the, the hara diagnosis that we didn't talk about, now that we've talked about kyo and jitsu and you understand it, is Masunaga clearly states that you cannot have a kyo and jitsu in the same function. And, you know, when we're talking same function, we're talking like the idea of wood, fire, water. Like each of these elements have two meridians that are associated with them. One's considered yang, one's considered yin, but they still are providing the same function. So you can't have the yin channel of water be jitsu and the yang channel of water be kyo. They're the same function. It is possible on a hard diagnosis to feel one channel more jitsu and more kyo than the other. And they should naturally have that being yin and yang. But if you're coming up with this final feeling that water yang is the most jitsu and water yin is the most kyo, that can't happen. In theory, these two channels are providing the same function. And you need another function to help correct another function, right? You need some movement from an outside source to reestablish balance. If you're only using the one function to balance, that can't happen in Masanaga's system. And it, for this reason, he says there's 120 possible combinations in the Hara readings. And then there is one really, I found intriguing aspect within his work that I hadn't really run across before, but I noticed when I was going through his his books again this time, as, as he had a quote in there about the kyo. And the quote is, I have tried to explain what kyo actually is. But as Lao Tzu has said, the way which can be told is not the everlasting way. Therefore, the characteristics of kyo, which I have outlined, are far from covering every aspect and are only a small part of what Kyo can be. I thought this was really interesting because in his books he does give, you know, these ideas of what a kyo might be. But with that statement, he's saying, even though these are examples of what a kyo might be, this is not what kyo is limited to. And in a way, he's saying you might never really know what the kyo is because to name the kyo is not to understand the kyo. Much like to name the Tao is not understanding the Tao, right? It's something that can't ever fully be understand or understood. But then when we combine that with what he says about the Jitsu, the quote here is, the Jitsu aspects are simple to identify and are quite tangible from both the objective and subjective standpoint. So this is how we know if the Jitsu is right, because it should actually reflect some theoretical Connection, right? You should be able to make sense of the jitsu without much thought. The kyo, on the other hand, may never really be known as to why we can still balance, right? We're still just balancing the life force of the person. We don't need to know the why 
to balance energetic movements in the body. So hopefully that gives some more insight into the Zen Shiatsu style. And next week I want to continue looking a little more in depth at what Masunaga was still trying to do with his work and his art that he created. As always, if you have any questions or comments, you know, feel free to email me. Again, the email is justzelinski at gmail.com. So J-U-S-T-Z-E-L-I-N-S-K-I at gmail.com. And as always, hope to see you next week. And I hope you have a great week. Thank you.